an incompetent family in 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. This is Movie Time Machine. Welcome to Movie Time Machine, Monster Closet Edition, where we relive nightmares from the past and survive them in the present. This week's movie is The Witch, released February 16, 2016, written and directed by Robert Eggers, starring Anya Taylor-Joy, Ralph Ineson, and Kate Dickey. But before we get into our movie discussion, let's do some introductions. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and joining me today is Jamie. Jamie, how are you doing? What have you been up to? Oh, I'm good, Chad. Hanging in there, just trying to keep along with the world as we slowly begin to open up. How about you? Uh, about the same. I'm like losing track of how many days, how many weeks, how many months. I'm having a hard time like just tracking the months, period. <laughs> but surviving. We're 600 minutes. <laughs> Rent. Oh boy, man. What have you been up to? I'm what have you been watching? Oh, okay. So it is May 14th as we are recording, which means that the season 40 finale of Survivor. tournament of champions or whatever they called it um ended last night and that was pretty weird to see them announce the winner from jeff probe's garage but we work with what we have so i won't spoil it for any dvrs who won't get to this for weeks later but i thought it was a great season and chad next year might be the year i audition for survivor so stay tuned for that (laughs) oh really yeah all right yeah it's been a secret (laughs) dream of mine but not so secret anymore. Uh, what about you? I, um, well, this past week, um, I know the last time we sat down to record, um, Chris brought up that BC Boys documentary that's on Apple TV. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of had that on in the background as I was working this past week. And boy, that is really good. Super good. Um, I think you'd probably even find it interesting if you aren't that big of a BC Boys fan, but. Me, if I, I'm I'm not like a super fan. Like I'm not I'm not going to be able to like tell you every single detail about that group. But they have been probably my favorite musical group ever. I've been listening to them since almost as long as I can remember. So yeah, very interesting, very cool to kind of see like their roots and their history and kind of how they evolved and some of the players that they were you know in contact with or like tried to manage them and uh, kind of throw in a little bit of shade, but um, they kept it pretty cool. And yeah, it's really awesome. If you haven't seen it, I would check it out, but unfortunately it's only um, available on Apple TV. So yeah, if you have a good friend uh, or family member, maybe you can borrow their account info to watch that, but yeah, <laughs> there I we check, go. I check it out. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> can I ask you real quick? Do you remember the first like bc boys song you heard album you bought maybe or what kind of set you off for like holy crap i really like these guys um i i just remember that my cousin introduced it to me so it was probably like no sleep to brooklyn because i think that was maybe the first song on like the um b-side of license the ill but yeah i can't remember i just remember like the hits i mean i feel like i can play that album and sing every word to every song from top to bottom. I would say that qualifies but, you as a super fan for sure. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, it was kind of cool in that documentary too. Like I didn't know there's a couple like actual like members of the group that um, that I didn't know about. I think it was like Katie Schallenbach was one of them. Became like the drummer of later on of like Luscious Jackson and has done like a pr- lot of production work and like a lot of like TV talk shows. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I knew about like their like punk rock roots and some of that. So it's kind of kind of some cool nostalgia like watching that stuff and just thinking about going to old shows and they're kind of like one of my biggest regrets because i never that's like probably one of my favorite bands and i never saw them play live and i had a couple opportunities to pass that i that i missed on and i was thinking like did i see them like did they play at like a like a warp tour or something that i maybe i'm faintly remembering or can't remember i don't know but i don't think i've seen them if i if i did like um probably would have remembered that but yeah and they'll never play again since uh um mca passed on so i know they're kind of they're too that's awful but that's good i mean it kind of shows that they i don't know kind of shows some kind of like respect for you know they totally could just go on tour and like milk that shit but yeah that's yeah that's there's cool. and, like the document Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I said there's no. something to be said for that, for stopping touring after you lose a founding member like that. I Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. uh, Avenged Sevenfold fan. That was kind of my era when I was in high school. And, okay. Um, I'm a drummer, so James Sullivan, the Rev, he was one of my favorites. He's wicked hot shit on the drums, but, yeah, he passed away, and then they kept touring, and it just – it was never the same, you know, they probably had two or three albums after that, but I just, I just stopped listening because he was, you know, kind of like the sound that anchored them. And yeah, once he was gone, I, get I was that. Like, yeah, I'm out, man. Right. Yeah, I get that. Well, I jumped into season seven of the Clone Wars, probably maybe watched one or two episodes of like the previous six seasons, but I kind of jumped in and it was really, I like what I saw, and, like, I kind of caught up with, like, some of the character arcs, you know, going, leading into it, and the last four episodes of the season were just, like, so cool, and, like, um, they actually helped kind of move the story from the prequels a little bit, because there's a lot of tie-ins, kind of, like, you know, like, a little bit of the backstory, you know, and like the events that are going on. I'm like, Oh, that was the end of, uh, or that was the beginning of revenge of the Sith, what they're talking about, you know, kind of like that opening scene and, um, going into like, you know, order 66 and how did some of these Jedi like end up surviving? So that's the only yeah, reason very cool. to watch Sith is that part <laughs> order 66. Yeah. Yeah. And it made, I don't know. The clone wars episode made, that order 66 seemed more this gave more weight to it um which i thought was really cool like coming from an animated show so but the last those last four episodes i was like man these almost felt like they had more heart even than the uh sequel uh trilogy which i think is a lot coming from me because i'm not that down on the sequel trilogy but yeah it was really 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 good i almost kind of want to go back now and like find time if i can to maybe just go through that clone war series now before uh before mando comes back in october Ooh, back in october i didn't know that but i'm yeah 
I'm with you. I got to jump into that show. It's really good. I think I've seen maybe four episodes, and I don't know why I stopped. But I, for anyone who's, don't let the animation fool you. It's really good. Yeah. Yes, and like, I don't. That's all I have to say. Like, I definitely want to go back and like see more of that stuff when I have time. So, and there are some rumors of some characters of that show being in the next season of Mando, but. I don't know. There's like a shit ton of rumors that I'm just randomly catching on Mando. I'm like, uh, is this like shit real? Is this like a smoke screen? But <laughs> deep fake, <laughs> deep fake indeed. All right, Jamie. So this week's movie is Robert Eggers' directorial debut, The Witch. And uh, I just want to let everybody let everybody know too, like the Monster Closet edition. It's it's a chance for Jamie and I to focus on which, for Jamie, it's his favorite genre. It gives Jamie a chance to kind of um, get out his, uh, you know, talk about some of his favorite movies and his favorite genre. And uh, for me, is like I would consider myself uh, maybe like a a fair weather fan of the genre. And I think that's kind of like a cool dichotomy for you and I, Jamie, to discuss some of these horror films and going into the witch was probably, this is probably the most recent film that we have covered um, in this podcast ever. So it's only that's we're going on four years, a little bit over four years old. Is that right? I guess so we did a, Oh no, we only did, speculation on rise of skywalker you're right yes yep yep so yeah so directorial debut of robert eggers um also just had a most recent movie too his second film the lighthouse which we're gonna do next um after this um just came out and i think has you know had pretty good critic response to that film as well um, but this movie is also starring Anna Taylor, um, or excuse me, Anya Taylor-Joy, which this was also her first film. I think she did some, like, she she did a film before this, but it was, like, one scene, and it was, like, very short, and it ended up getting, like, cut out. So this is considered her first film. Um, Ralph Innocent, um, I'll have to ask this, too, because I know you're a Harry Potter fan, Jamie. Oh, you know it. Right, so ding, 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 drink. We brought up Harry Potter. Right, <laughs> oh, dang, drinking game, <laughs> movie time machine, bingo. Yes. Um. <laughs> so I, I see that he is in the Harry Potter series. Does he play like any character of significance, or he was? Let me check because I I saw that too, and he had one of those roles where I had to do a double take. Because he has such a distinctive face, but putting a name to it was tricky. He's Amicus Caro, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, was the... He's either the evil headmaster who's at Hogwarts when Snape takes over, or he took over the Ministry of Magic. I think it was the Ministry of Magic, but it's a super minor role in the last two films, or the last film. Okay. I did see that he was also in the uh, UK version of The Office. Really? He kind of, yeah, he was kind of like the equivalent of the Todd Packer character. That's great. Yeah, there's a good clip. There's like, I just looked up one clip and it was like um, like, uh, him in like a bar scene kind of riffing on people. And yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah, I really like him in in this movie. And we also have... uh, 
Kate Dickey, um, who you and I as Game of Thrones fans should recognize her as uh, Liza Tully, right? Yes. Or oh, Liza yes. Aaron. Aaron. Liza Aaron. Yes. She was a Tully. Yes. No, I believe. Right. Yeah. So the one of the rulers of the Vale from Game of Thrones. I wonder if. I can't say it without being inappropriate. Insert breastfeeding on screen <laughs> joke for this actress specifically. <laughs> right. <laughs> but well, she kind of breastfeeds a, a crow, right? Oh, man, we'll get to that. Okay. Wow, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, but Innocent was in Game of Thrones, too. He was um, Dagmar Klepjaw, Theon Greyjoy's first mate from the Iron Islands. Oh! Yeah, why didn't I not come across that? Good it's, catch, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really like him, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he kind of like uh, was serenading me with his 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 <laughs> deep voice or something. No, he's, he's really that, good. It, yeah, he is really good. So yeah, those are kind of the the main stars of the film. Um, let's talk about box office quick. Um, this movie had a budget of four million dollars, and has raked in forty point four million dollars worldwide, um, which is pretty good. Pretty good investment there for Mister mm-hmm. Eggers. Um, <laughs> how it was received? The Metacritic score on this is eighty three percent. Rotten Tomatoes critic score is at ninety percent. But the audience score is at 58%, so must be a lot of, yeah, or hipster horror fans, right? Yes. Um, (laughs) Oh, it's so boring. Um, (laughs) Then uh, IMDb average is 6.9. So Can I, um, I don't know if you want me to riff on this now or save it for later, but I did see this in the theater, so I contributed to this 40.4 million. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so did I. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. Did you also go on a date? Yes. <laughs> how, how did it end this, for you? <laughs> what? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's kind of Angela, I think, was like wanted to go see it. So we're like, yeah, yeah, let's go. So, I mean, it, it was awesome. It's kind of one of those things where. We knew we had to kind of get these movie experiences in because we were like, you know, five months out from, you know, having our first child. Oh, definitely. So, but yeah, I thought it went well for us. Did it not go well for you? It did not. My wife yeah. was not happy with me for this movie going experience. And I just, I had to tell her, I, I didn't make the movie, you know, I just. Right. We just right. showed up. We together. were on the same ride together, you yeah. know. <laughs> I think I think she thought maybe after that scene we'll get to that I we were just supposed to leave the theater and I that just wasn't going to happen. I mean, we paid our tickets and I wanted to right. see how it ended. Right. Just eat your popcorn, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she still married me though. So I guess it wasn't Yeah, well, it couldn't have been that bad. bad. Right. <laughs> oh, funny story. So, um, yeah, like, what was this movie up against as far as, like, horror movies in the genre? Um, 
I know a lot of uh, just random reading I did for like, you know, top horror movies of 2016 that I came across. This movie was on the top of that list uh, quite a bit. Um, kind of a few notables, though, from that year that I kind of forgot about. I didn't see this in the year that it was released, and I did not see the first, um, I guess would be the first in this series, was uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which it's the only one of the Cloverfield movies that I've seen. But, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought that was really good. I... I saw that too. I loved it until the ending. And I think that that was the exact same experience I had with Cloverfield. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's something relative to the movie itself. I, I want to be kind of vague. Like, I don't know if we spoil things or not, but, um, maybe what do you think, Chad? Um, maybe with that, since it's not like part of like the, the, topic of the show maybe we'll just hold off on that one okay i i but, yeah i won't say more other than i thought it was a brilliant film until the last 10 the last, minutes yeah and yeah it didn't negate the whole film but i was like damn it i would have loved a different ending right right it was cool though because like you kind of were like <laughs> is this real you know like mm-hmm. stay inside if you go outside, the, the coronavirus is going to get you. <laughs> Everybody in Wisconsin was like, fuck it. <laughs> We're going to grumpies. We're getting out of here. <laughs> I got to go play dice. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man, don't get oh, me man. started. But <laughs> I wanted to also kind of hit on um, what what you were saying about the horror movies writ large at this time um i just i remember before and i think get out kind of changed this for a commercial audience with horror but this kind of began in 2014 um that was when the babadook came out and oh i like that movie yeah me too it's really good and i i just i remember though as a horror fan that that's kind of when this prestige horror film like a thinking person's horror started making it okay um you know that that's kind of like the way that they were selling this you know like oh the babadook it's about motherhood and you know your child's psychology and da da da. it's not just about ghosts it's like you can enjoy this too it's not just dumb horror and i think that (laughs) this this movie kind of benefited from that narrative as well just like picked up some steam of oh it's a period piece and a metaphor about you know what society does to women which that's all in there like don't get me wrong it's yeah. just interesting that like this kind of horror movie is starting to get made i think kind of around this time or at least it's perceived that way i think okay. horror's all, right. always been a all vehicle right. for social commentary but right the they've kind of just yeah. updated the way to market some of these films versus just like beyond like your slasher flick yeah exactly right gotcha i like that some good insight from the horror mind. So, yeah. Um, if you don't have anything to add for movies in 2016, especially for horror. Wait, is this is this Green Book? Or I'm sorry, Green Book. Oh, <laughs> um, Green Room. Green Room. Green Room I haven't seen that yet, but I know that you've uh, uh, had some high praise coming from you. You specifically. Like, this is a horror movie made for you, is Green Room. It's... It, 
I, I know I've told you this before, but for uh, any of our listeners who haven't seen it, might be interested, a punk rock band is kind of on the last leg of their tour. You know, they're not making as much money as they would or as they were hoping. You know, it's uh, kind of dire. So they take this gig at this um, punk bar in the woods of, I think it's West Virginia, and they're in the green room, and some they see something they're not supposed to. And it just goes from there. It's a survival horror mm-hmm. film, and it's great. It's incredible. Like, if you could describe a movie as rock and roll, that's what it is. All right. I'm going to have to add that to my list so I don't forget it again. Yes. Because I kind of skipped my mind until I was reading that. Green room. So good. Patrick Stewart plays. Let's just dude. It's on Netflix right now. Oh, the you yes, it's teed up for you, Chad. Let's just say he's not Jean Luc Picard in this movie. He's incredible. (laughs) Okay. All right. Does he play like a skinhead or something? That's exactly what he plays. Nice. Yeah. All right. It's wild. Cool. It's in my queue. All right, let's get into the meat of this movie discussion. Let's actually dive into this film. Um, and I just want to say, like, I do remember seeing this in the theater, and I remember walking out thinking, like, wow, that was, like, pretty good. But I I feel like there was a lot that I missed. But um, I really liked where, you know, where it got me at the end. Um so coming back to this was a really, really fun experience for me. Um, I actually rewatched this twice um, getting ready for this episode, and um, I kind of was surprised at how much I enjoyed it watching it the second time at home and um, even with some of the terrifying bits and pieces in it. But I found myself catching up like little, you know, fine details I didn't get um, – maybe the first few times I watched the movie, but yeah, it's really good. I think this is, it's kind of brings up a lots of like, uh, you know, things that I haven't really thought of before or, or some of those fears that I have of the idea of, uh, colonial <laughs> or like colonists, Puritans or whatever, like just the immense loneliness that must've felt, um, outside of, I know that we have like the, uh, um, uh, Native American population here and like their the tribes had like their nations established, but just like coming here and just kind of like this vast loneliness that you could be put into like this family did is just totally terrifying to me. And I kind of like the, uh, it's kind of like how the story kind of drags you along. You get some ideas of thinking like, Oh, is she, is she the witch it's called the witch? So is she the witch or is she going to be a witch or like who's possessed or who's controlling them? Like, and you kind of get, I guess for me, you kind of get, um, these Puritans that are supposed to be so strict to their faith. Like, Oh yeah. you like, you do some shit like you're probably going to lie so you can like sell the cup so you can like try to get food for your family or some really dirty shit. Like I'm going to think about selling my daughter so we can have food. Like, I'm going to trade my daughter for food <laughs> essentially like, um, but yeah, I mean, I really like this movie and I'm, I'm really curious. I want to get kind of, um, you know, like your, your impressions on this film coming from somebody that really loves the genre and, 
um, these type of films. I, I love this. And there's parts of it that kind of gave me like a, uh, like a Kubrick esque kind of feel with it, with like some of the symmetry in the shots and just the use of uh, soundtrack and uh, the score of the film. Um, I thought it made some really powerful mo uh, moments in this movie that kind of gets under your skin and just like the fear and tension uh, that it, that plays through. So yeah, I like to hear what you you have to say about this movie. Yeah, uh, you you gave me a lot to play off of here because I agree with. Um, a lot of what you said and i guess i'll start with the theater experience uh seeing it with my fiance at the time my now wife so i as you mentioned i love horror and i think as i'm getting older i'm becoming an easier mark i don't know why these movies are scaring me more as i get older but um i just i remember my theater experience and you know you never know with the movie i i didn't know anything about this film and i, I kind of tried to keep it that way um, so that it would be a surprise when I get to the theater. I, I try to do that, you know, if it's an original movie, um, not based on a novel or anything like that. I, I want to go in kind of blind. So I, this thing knocked me on my ass. I, you know, there's horror films I love, and then there's horror films that really scare me and that I yeah. put off. So there's movies like, you know, Poltergeist, which you different now because it's aged and it's kind of cheesy, but I love, like, I'll watch you know poltergeist like a bag of popcorn um halloween same thing the thing the same thing there's movies like the witch comes to mind the exorcist and the ring like these are films that really get under my skin and i have to work myself up to watch and so for a little confession we we meant to do this movie sooner but i i wasn't exactly chickening out but i wasn't rushing to watch it on netflix so yeah yeah. That's, the, that's the reason we're doing it now. And it, yeah, it's a funny thing. You build it up in your mind and it's like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to sit down and watch it and it's going to be fine. And, and it was, I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it was, but I, I think, um, I think what it, so the scene that's still, it's, it's still jarring and so upsetting is obviously, um, when the witch takes Samuel and sacrifices him and, I, I, I won't jump on your lines. You have a pretty interesting way of describing what happens. What, what happens to him, Chad? Uh, I described it as a uh, churning baby butter. <laughs> <It's> so wrong. <laughs> which, which, yeah, that's another point too, where like the score of the film, like you just brought this up uh, the other day, you're listening to the score for this movie. And I was like, I'm going to listen to this right now. And I pulled it up. And I start playing it. I can't remember. I just jumped into like a random track and it's that track for that scene. And I could just hear it. They just have like the cha -cha 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 -cha. Oh. like the sound of like the the like pestle mortar, like just like pounding and like it's so gruesome. And oh. um the part that you know, if you explain this, it sounds like totally like just raw and gruesome. Like, why would you want to watch that? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't like graphically show like anything like happening to the baby. It's kind of like shows like something like, oh, this is going to happen. And this is what happened afterwards. So, yes, <laughs> it kind of helps me like get through, like watch the, but just knowing like what happens to that well, character <laughs> in that scene is, yeah, it's quite, quite jarring. And that's the craft. I mean, that's also why this movie is so good, because your mind fills in the gaps, you know, and that's what good horror does. It shows you yes. the knife. It shows yeah. you the pesto. 
grinder, as you say. <laughs> and yeah. Then your mind fills again. But that, you know, not knowing anything, and by the way, that was the moment where I, my fiance was almost my not fiance in the theater. Um, <laughs> but those are the moments in horror that if you're not expecting them and if they're delivered effectively, that's what unnerves you because that's when I step back and go, wow, I didn't know a movie could. I didn't know a movie could do that one, and I didn't know a movie could make me feel that way. So I think of, I think of that. I think of the first time I saw the ring, and she comes out of the well, and you're thinking, no way, she's not going to get out of that TV. There's no way, and then she does, <laughs> and your perceptions of what are possible in this movie world are completely upended. And I think that's yeah. what's so jarring, is like, oh god, okay, we're dealing with like some actual evil here. Like this family is in trouble. So that um, I think that visceral realization it, and it didn't work as well the second time because I knew it was coming. But you're right. I listened to the soundtrack on Spotify as well. It's beautiful. The score is amazing. But that song just makes me uncomfortable because of the association yeah. I your mind brings to it. And oh, man, it's so upsetting. Yeah. And for me, too, that's like a sign of like awesome like filmmaking and writing and like production and like putting all that together. And that's one of my favorite two things or favorite things about this movie is that it's not sometimes with movies, like the, the level of violence kind of gets me like, maybe it's just like with my age, but the, it just seems kind of cheap for me. If you kind of show like that graphic part, I just feel like it has more power when it like leads you to like imagine like what the fuck happened like what oh my god this is like so terrible like in between um those parts but yeah yeah i think you're right well i think part of it too is because it draws out the pain because you know it's the witch but the family thinks that it's thomason they think it's her and you know how yeah. wrong they are and yeah just why that feels so awful yeah now the first time when you watched this film uh if you remember did you like were you thinking maybe because it's the vibe I got. I was thinking, like, maybe is Thomason, like, is she kind of doing all this stuff? Like, is there something about her that we don't know? I, but... I, I, so you thought maybe it was her or we're not sure? Yeah, I wasn't sure. Because I think it, I don't know if it intention or just the way that I kind of played into it. Um, I was thinking, like, something's, like, going on there. Like, why would this happen? But... There's some other things like going back and like rewatching it. And I was like, well, it doesn't really make much sense. Like thinking about it that way. Right. But this idea of like, you know, maybe we can go into like uh black Phillip, but the idea of like the evil is there and it's like slowly like tearing this family apart, you know, and like kind of not really turning them against each other, I guess, but maybe dividing them. I don't know. But right. I, to be honest, I didn't, I, I, the, first time i saw the movie i i saw her as the um final girl or the um you know person to which the horror is happening and you know as it was going on i i remember thinking of, um oh this is what he's doing like this is what you know the um society or social groups did to women of the time is these yeah. things would happen yeah true would find a reason to you know, uh, I, I, that woman's reading. Why, why is she reading? She must be a witch, you know, finding ways to explain, um, 
these horrible things that might be happening around them or you know if a woman was a little different like going back and reading some of these accounts too or i've listened to a couple podcasts it would be something as seemingly small as this woman spoke out against the town governor how could she have the right. gall or the knowledge to do that she must be a witch like that's really where right. we were in this country right. at that time yeah that's like a, a interview that i had watched with uh the the director is he was saying that he was writing this too from the point not of like you know we can't think of these societies of thinking like oh it's like a conspiracy i'm going to get these women i'm going to take care of them i'll get them i'm going to say that they're witches and we're going to execute them it's like no like these people actually thought they were witches <laughs> and they did these ridiculous things to like you know is like you know we're gonna throw you into the water if you float you're a witch but if you sink to the bottom and drown then you weren't weren't a witch where it's like you're fucked either way right <laughs> what else floats a duck right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. it's true when it's it's and this is the problem that persists with certain religions is that the you know for as much as they quote gospel and scripture for the actual accusations for being a witch they're not citing any text they're not citing any bible verses you know they're not saying because of revelation chapter 3 book 14 right thomason bled the bloody udder of the goat therefore she must be it's not you know it, they're drawing on something else which is yeah. societal fear to cast her as the witch yeah yeah i like this whole idea of that uh like the like f feminine power like shit i don't know it's crazy mm -hmm. kind of like makes me think of like crazy evangelicals <laughs> yeah yeah they would be the ones today uh, right <laughs> oh man but yeah yeah the the performances though for um just bringing some of these characters to life i just I love uh, Ralph Innocent in this movie and uh, the w woman that plays Thomason, mm -hmm. um, Anya Taylor-Joy, like just so good. I, I think in any movie too, like where you have like young kids, like even like children playing in them and like their roles are convincing or convincing enough to not like pull you out of, you know, the experience where it's just like, you know, like a child actor, like, having like really coming across with really bad lines like you don't really get that in this film i think some of the creepiest lines come from those twins yeah like when they're singing like the black phillips song yeah and <laughs> it's like black phillip black phillip put the crown on your head or so uh, have you read the lyrics of that i yeah i actually had to turn on the subs for my netflix because yeah i have volume issues but yeah that's so scary and the I part know. there's like the the scene where it's um you just see like the kind of the lips of like the the girl twin mm -hmm. like up close to like the goat black philip yeah. and just going like bah 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 i don't know that that freaked me out i just don't know why but if you remember like those too, weird goat eyes like looking at you <laughs> that was a lot of what they used for the trailer too and i remember it being super yeah impressive. that's right yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, but yeah, I'm I thought that. 
Ugh. Yeah, so yeah, it's, I think just great performances just overall. I yeah, she, I don't she, know. I, yeah, go ahead. I was to say she does a lot with her eyes. That was what I noticed on this second rewatch. Like her, her eyes are just you know big and beautiful and scary at the same time too. And yeah, seemed to be where a lot of um, what she was doing came from. Yeah, I was just really moved by like Ralph Innocent too. Like I don't know, I was like, man, I, maybe I need to like see some like more movies with this this guy in it, or like kind of see where. But maybe it's like that Game of Thrones thing was like in the back of my head or something. But yeah, um, and any like usually too for me like any movies that have like a old English dialogue, for me like I don't know if I it the, I don't know the old English dialogue in this movie was awesome because it was like. It didn't feel like it was people like actors reading old English dialogue lines. It seemed like really um, organic and like authentic and real, not like they're reading like from like a Shakespearean play. But um, I feel like it really kind of fed into like the for me personally. I don't know if you have any any thoughts on that, but no, um, I I love the way you said that. It, it it echoes my thoughts exactly. It yeah, it it didn't feel. Um, like they were reading a script. It felt like yes. this is what yeah. they're saying on Monday at three o'clock after lunch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, what other scenes did you find terrifying? Uh, maybe oh. favorite scenes or like maybe most terrifying scenes. I know that we talked about the, the churning baby butter portion. <laughs> <So gross. laughs> <laughs> and using the baby jam to, uh, you know, it's good for the skin and it makes you fly in a witch's sperm. So or stick. Yeah, exfoliates so. and. <laughs> Exfoliates. <laughs> oh God. Um, actually, the one I was surprised that this jump scare got me this time because I I knew it was coming. But it's when the witch seduces Caleb and draws him in, and then. Uh, she pulls in his face for that kiss and that yeah. hand jumps out and grabs his face. That made me yeah. jump this time. That's good. That was a good one. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, Jamie. Yes, Chad. Have you had a supernatural experience? You know, I... I'm searching my memories and my feelings. Um, oh... I can't say that I personally have, but I do have friends and family who claim that they have. So for my part, um, it's not real, you know, and I always have this fear that I say that. And then like tonight I'll see a ghost and it'll right. scare the shit out of me. <laughs> Go but, say Candyman in the mirror three times. Oh God. See, I'm superstitious too. I won't even do that. Even though I know it's just a movie. But, yeah, I know. I don't, <laughs> I know. Cause I think before that, when I was a kid, I remember it was, uh, it's like Bloody Mary, I think. Yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah. Nope, no, thank you. And then if you're yeah, a South Park fan, it's Biggie Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's pretty. Um, funny. Yeah, I'm pretty skeptical about it. Um, I've seen lots of like, like shadows or like my mind playing tricks on me kind of stuff. You know, I was like, Oh, what's that out of the corner of my eye? And like, I thought I was a person, but it was just a UPS truck driving by. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but 
I did want to share quick. I did have a moment when I was, it was before like I was in kindergarten. So I mean, I'm probably maybe, so like maybe three at the very youngest, four or five-ish, you know? Mm -hmm. I remember like waking up in my bed to like, I thought it sounded like horse hooves, you know? And that's why I lived in like a tiny ass trailer, right? And I roll over and I look out the window and I swear, like, there's this face staring at me. And the window in my that I'm looking out in my room wasn't, like, a full-size window. It was, like, a tiny, like, kind of, like, rectangle window that's kind of was, like, higher up, like, elevated. So it wasn't very big. Just some weird-ass window on, like, a trailer. But mm-hmm. mobile home. And I just remember this, like, face staring at me. And I, don't, I just remember as a kid, as a kid thinking, like, is it like like a pirate or something like weird some kind of like gypsy looking th- I don't know right oh, weird that is do, that do I remember just remember like it? I just remember the experience but you know like as you age like you kind of you're you kind of fill in like your memories with I don't know I I don't remember it vividly but I just the experience I remember vividly so that's always makes me think like was it a dream or I don't know but I remember just like rolling out of bed and like running like to my parents room which was on the opposite side of the trailer so uh-huh. I had to run like what how big was our trailer probably like 60 feet <laughs> so I ran 60 feet to the back, Double back of the trailer <laughs> yeah then remember like my parents getting mad because I woke them up but oh. yeah that that's- was like the yeah, it was super creepy, and I could, I'm like, was it a dream? It was probably a dream, but I just remember, like, that whatever happened, it was probably a dream, but, um, yeah, that, that terrified me, like, sleeping, like, by myself for, like, the next probably eight years of my life. <laughs> Did you ever do like any anything research you... into it, or? Um... No. Like, look up, like ghost pirate tapping on your window yeah horse hooves and ghost ghost pirate horse let's do this in real time horse pirate ghost pirate horse sound i'm just thinking of spongebob squarepants now (laughs) the flying dutchman in window Um, common ghost noises let's see here I'm sure I'm not even gonna look at it. It's knocking and tapping and scraping. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, no, um, I, you know what? I am glad you brought that up though, because one thing that has been widely reported on from you know a bunch of different people is uh, like sleep paralysis and stuff like when your dreams intersect with. Um, when you're awake or you're not quite sure you, you know what sleep paralysis is right yeah yep yeah that terrifies me yeah and knock on wood i've never experienced that but i've heard stories from people who have and that just sounds like the most horrifying experience i can imagine if you're seeing things that like if your nightmares are literally manifesting themselves because your brain can't recognize whether or not you're fully asleep or you're fully awake and you see that figure or whatever it is in your bedroom that's horrifying yeah i don't know maybe that's what happened to me (laughs) yeah (laughs) but never happened again 
Oh, all right. So much for that. So much for um, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so in a piece like this, so in like that takes place in colonial America. And like for me, like I don't, there's not too many films that I feel like I've seen that are even in this era that, or maybe that I even cared to watch. You know, I think a lot of them are pretty like kind of like cheesy or too like maybe patriotic or <laughs> so I don't, you know, it's around that era or just probably just like racist or something. Right. <laughs> Or animated but, Disney's Pocahontas. Yeah. Yep. Um, what terrifies you about early colonial America? Like what the time that this movie is set? Well, I mean, who? That's a good question. I think that um, I'll just go from my notes here. But just now with the society that we have just modern technology and devices and pleasures it just it's incredible that even the baseline person you know average knowledge of everything would have to be able to um you know spin their wool harvest a field build a fire build a house make everything from scratch so clean draw water clean the water, you know, take care of the animals, suture a wound if someone gets hurt. It's, I mean, that's pretty daunting. Just all yeah. of those actual life skills you would have to have just to live at back then. Yeah, I I put it here, maybe thinking like you could, like traveling from, so if you were like, say the Puritans in this case, so you're traveling to colonial America mm-hmm. and it would be like, you know, being that first group that goes to Mars. <laughs> Cause you know, like once you're on that voyage, like there's really no turning around. Right. You're not going to go back. And when you get there, it's not like you're going to try to like get back to where you came from. If you're like terrified of where you were, because you're lucky that you survived the voyage to colonial America in the first place, you know, like it's months at sea and on top of like all the, the sickness and disease that would, you know, would be spread on these ships and these boats. And, mm-hmm. um, and then when you got here, it's like the, the chances of you of, of surviving were pretty slim too. Um, again, just with like this, the spreading of disease and just trying to like, you know, get your food. And I mean, you're pretty much kind of like a slave to like these, uh, like the companies too, that were coming here and like indentured servitude and you know beyond like you know when we get like slavery coming in but um yeah would me (laughs) would not be a a time for me to go on a long vacation i'll tell you that much (laughs) um (laughs) not going to fort myers Um, nope Nope. But yeah, you know, like you said, the, uh, these things that you listed about, like, you know, being able to like spin your rule, like all these things that you need to survive. And you think about now, it's like, oh, if we lost access to all these things, you know, it's like, it's kind of made us weak. It's like, um, it's kind of like now that we all have like smartphones, like we don't need to like remember anything because we can just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, a lot of things like, we wouldn't be able to do it. Like, how would I build my own house or how would I like tell a field or how would I grow enough like 
crops to, you know, feed my family and go trap animals or yeah. I struggle making pancakes. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just going to eat this one. I don't care if it's burnt. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> just put more butter on it. Yeah, it's all good. More syrup. Right. Yeah. Put more bacon on top. We're good. Add some whipped cream. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like my bold italicized text? Let's talk about Native Americans. Yeah, let's, uh, what's, do you want to go into that, actually? Yeah, I, yeah. um, so I didn't even think about it until I saw it the second time. I think just because the horror is so pervasive the first time, there's no time to blink. I just, like, I, yeah. I need to survive watching this movie. Um, but this time, you know, I started thinking a lot about when they're in the wilderness. So, so. They're colonists in the United States of America. So to me, that would, there would, I'm trying to think of how to say this without stumbling over my words. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just read what I wrote. So the witch in this movie, as well as witchcraft, are religious fears and ideals brought with the settlers. So that, you know, they're able to recognize a witch right away, and it's because they're Puritans. And, you know, everything we see, like the, devil's book is something that they've talked about they've identified as something that they know or they think that exists and surprise it does at the end you know we we don't know that for sure until the end but you know and thomason plays this out she's like he takes the form of a goat have you checked the goat dad he's probably pretty evil so to me that suggests that they are aware of a evil it's almost like a plot hole it's like was the witch there in america or did they bring it because there's very few Native Americans in this film to speak of. Um, right. I think I kind of one that trades with William for the cup. And then as they're leaving town in the beginning on the, uh, the horse and cart, there's two Native Americans walking away that kind of give this backward glance. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting because it focuses on them and it, it's as if to say like, see ya, you know? Right. Right. And, and, Good luck out there. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but then it makes me wonder, it's like, oh, do they know about the witch? Because as far as I know, there's there's no Native American folk. I'm not an expert, to be clear. But, you know, I don't know Native American folklore that supports the witches that we see in the movie. That all comes from the colonizers. So yeah. it's really interesting to think, like, how did the witches get there? Did they bring it with them? Or have they been there the whole time? So I don't know. I got caught up kind of thinking about that after this rewatch. Hmm. I, I remember reading this and thinking that I had an answer for you. Please. But I, I don't. Oh, it. <laughs> uh, it's almost like the so the embodiment kind of the devil, right? Is Black Philip? Yep. In this moment. But what kind of what we know about, I'm kind of going out of my uh, wheelhouse here talking about religion, but uh, the idea of like the devil can kind of mani has can manifest um, itself in in different ways, you know, like mm -hmm. like the snake, like the goat, you know, or the mm -hmm. black rabbit, um, but always tends to be like some kind of like darker whatever uh, form, but. Um, what am I getting at here? 
it's like the idea like so the devil's manifests himself in this goat and through this goat he is like um kind of like using this family like oh like eventually takes the baby and like these witches are using it to uh kind of get their power in a sense so it's like this is like the devil that's eventually like taking these colonizers there and like this is just another manifestation of evil like that's how the puritans see it but maybe with like the native americans that evil is manifesting in different ways that's interesting you know so so it's always been in the woods but like if the native americans were to go into the woods they would see something completely different they wouldn't different. see the yeah which is being yeah because like yes yeah, idea of like the devil is this embodiment of evil and is like manifesting itself in ways to um get what it needs <laughs> essentially right because he's like yeah because i did i was kind of getting to i i didn't read actually i didn't read anything about like the explanation of the ending because i kind of i still kind of like to get my own kind of interpretations of it make shit up i don't know i'm probably way off on this but the idea of like when we get Thomason at the end coming to like the uh it's like the Sabbath or whatever that's going on, I imagine that <clears throat> these witches are doing this to other people to like get like to retain their power. Or maybe they've gotten most of it from this family because they've they've taken Sam, they've taken um uh what's his face? Uh Caleb. Mm-hmm. Then at the end they get the twins, right? Yep. Actually, they, and then getting the entire family except for Thomason. So, yeah. Well, uh, Thomason gets her mom. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh uh, no, that's interesting. I I like that a lot. That if they were to walk into the woods, they would see something completely different. And yeah, I was. So yeah, talk talk me through uh, your thoughts of the ending. What what did you think? Did you like it? Were you expecting it the first time you saw it, or how did you think it was going to end? I wasn't expecting it, but I remember that, and I, I think this maybe talks to. I th- for me, I feel like the movie like moves like pretty like, is paced well, even though I feel like there's some criticisms of it as being like some slow spots. But Not I like how the movie is broken up. Yeah, I, agree so I, me- with you I remember. I was really I remember struck by that too. Yeah, and I remember getting to that scene like I wasn't expecting it to be over yet. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing like because yeah. the movie went by so fast um so i was like kind of thinking as i was walking out just trying to like chew on that like oh what is going on or so i didn't i didn't really get a chance to really mash on that more until um watching this re-watching this these few times uh for this episode so but yeah, I liked it. I mean, I really liked it. I mean, I, th- I thought it was cool. It was like freaky as hell. Um, kind of like this, you know, Sabbath, like whatever was going on. Again, I was just imagining them like these witches, like <laughs> killing these people and just like spreading guts around themselves so they can, you know, fly around in the trees kind of thing. And just like the, the uh, kind of echoey or kind of faint kind of chanting female voices uh-huh. how it was kind of bouncing back and forth reminded me of like 2001 a space odyssey every time you saw the monolith <laughs> yeah i kind didn't of vibe, think so. of that until you mentioned it yeah 
So I really like that. I'm really big on like if you can like match up like your your sound and like soundscape and sonic cues to match that scene well and everything that anything that's really kind of ambient and crazy like that. If you can match it up well, I, I just love that shit, you know. Yeah. And I think it does like a really good job too with or Edgar's does a good job with this too, like on creating space and like the vastness of it. Like when you see anytime you see them like walking into the wood, it's always like really symmetrical. Like the person's like in the middle of the shot, like walking into the trees and the whole thing and like kind of following Thomas in there at the end, like walking up to these witches and Yeah. I, think I don't know. It's was... kinda of creepy and it's like I don't know. It's I really liked it. I wasn't I think... expecting it. They filmed it in a different aspect ratio. I don't know if I'm using that term correctly, but I think it's a very, not rarely, but very minimally used um, way to get the shot. So what you said about her being very centered in the woods, that um, I think the cinematographer took great pains to, you know, get that exact feel for it. And... um, I don't know if you asked me this, but I I remember when I saw it in the theater and, you know, she kills her mom. And I just remember thinking like, oh, no, girl, like what, what now? What happens now? Right. And she goes into um, that room and then because you're still not sure if Black Phillip is like Satan or not. And then. Yeah, yeah. And then he starts talking like that first line he speaks. And I think I even said out loud in the theater, like, oh, no, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, God, I forgot. I was fuck. forgot about that. Yeah, it's, that's a fucking freaky scene. Yeah. That kind of slow, like deep voice. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. And really scary <laughs> in the theater. Too. Yeah. It didn't again. It didn't get me as much this time because I knew it was coming. But in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah pretty powerful and scary scene. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, and then she goes to the woods and she sees the coven and it's like, well, yeah, I guess like what else are you supposed to do? You know, <laughs> right? Well, and to and to at that moment, it's like, well, everyone in her family's dead, yep. right? She kills her mom. Essentially, she's like defending herself, right? Yep. So at that moment, it's like. They're going to label her a witch regardless. Like, what is she going to do? How is she going to survive? So that's kind of her only way. And, you know, that's kind of like what leads me to this idea of like the manifestation of the devil through Black Phillip is like this whole thing was like, you know, this was set up this way. You know, like Thomason, she's going to be a witch. And like, that's the only option that she's going to have. Right. We're going to get her to kind of like make her deal with the devil essentially because that's the only path that she's going to have to survive yeah Yeah, you you took the words out of my mouth and that's why it's so that's why it's such a good horror film because i think there's an argument to be made and people would that you know this is about femininity and you know women making a choice and i i guess i would argue the other way i would say no actually i think this is a horror film because evil wins right doesn't really have a choice. She doesn't. That's that's what the devil does. He took away all of her options. Right. right. And made it seem like she had a choice. But yep. she didn't really. What would you rate this film? Oh, let's see. I think. I see here I, you put uh, Borderline Masterpiece. Yes. Yeah. 
yeah, and I think it is. It's um, I just visually stunning. The script is great. The acting is great. Um, it's the music, very powerful. I think it might be the strongest part of the movie. Um, it's it's just like I I don't love it. Like it's it's great. Well, I do love it, and I don't because you know part of me that grew up religious, and while I might not be completely that way now it's just like fuck this movie's kind of evil you know yeah. it's like it's how right. i feel right it's how i feel about like hellraiser and candy man it's like god those movies are so dark they're great but they're so dark it's like i'm i'm just like i'm not ready to go rewatch this every year like i would with alien like that's a horror movie I right. love that i rewatch every right. year but like man i i need to work myself up to see this and even though everything about it is so good I just, ugh. Yeah, it really gets in your head. Yeah. And that's what I love about horror movies that can, like, do that to you without, you know, showing you lots of, like, blood and guts. Yes. You know, it's a movie called The Witch, but we don't really see the witch a whole lot kind of thing, you know? Right. It's all, like, yeah. It's a fear of, like, it kind of gives you that fear of like, you don't know what it is, like what's going on, like things like moving quickly through the forest, <laughs> you know, right. like having like your, your little brother in front of you and like gone in the instant. Like, I just love that shit. <laughs> yeah. You what know, you cause they're like, you're, you're, it's not your expectation, but you kind of, even though you see these things occurring through the film, it's not, you're still not, at least for me, like the first time I was not expecting these things to, to continue to occur, especially up to the end of the movie. Yeah. You know what it is for me is I, um, I would describe it this way. I, I'm pretty good about curating a horror collection. I have more horror movies that I own than any other genre. And I remember when this came out thinking, God, I want to buy this to add it to my horror collection, but I don't want it in my house. Like, <laughs> right. Cause it's too evil. Yes. It's too that, evil to have in your home. That superstition. Yes. I was like, yeah. so I'm not, I'm not going to buy it. Right. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I really like this movie. I think I gave it a four out of five on my letterbox. I believe so. Nice. That's yeah, probably about it. where I would come into. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't. God, I was gonna say I would maybe recommend this if you're not a horror fan, but if you like kind of like great atmospheric kind of period pieces that are going to maybe scare the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, so if you were recommending it, Chad, were you so scare level? Where would you rate this? For me, I'm. I would probably rate it a ten out of ten. But I, I only ask because I know that. For me personally, I'm bringing some religious baggage with me into this film. Yeah, yeah. So what would you say to someone scare level-wise if they were going to see it for the first time? Um, God, I think it's pretty scary, like, even without that baggage. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. But maybe it's, like, the whole idea of, like, uh, Satanism and, like, black goats you know like the, the big horn black goats thing is kind of coming to play into it too but yeah i don't know it's freaky i mean it's i'll probably like 
you know, have take some time now before I watch this movie again. But, you know, because it's, it's that terrifying. But, I mean, I don't want to overplay it either and say, it's oh, it's so scary. Um, but I think if you just kind of go into this movie and un uncross your arms and just kind of, you know, go along for the ride, I think, you know, you'll be happy with what you get. But don't expect, like, you know, jump scares and, like, the the big bad, you know, kind of chasing you throughout the movie or seeing that. So it's you kind of, like, I think, like you said, it's kind of like a thinking person's uh, horror film. So there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of detail. Because I really like the, the, the little things that I picked up, you know, like the second and third time yeah. uh, watching this movie. So just, like, the little things about, like, the cup. You know, like trading the cup away, then like lying about why they went into the wood, like when they're hunting the rabbit, and um, you know, then like with Caleb, he's like freaking out because he lied and like finding out that his father lied, and yeah. just like that, you know, dealing with that. I, that's just kind of fun to see that outside of like the idea of like a witch, like you know, or like the devil, like terrorizing your family, but. Right. Oh, here's another one I had too when I was rewatching it. The um, when she kind of calls him out for, you know, you can't hunt, you can't farm. All you do is chop wood. I was like, God damn, is that poignant? Because I've had moments where <laughs> I'm trying to like build a life for my family or you know be rock star dad or whatever, and then I I just you know you you can't do everything, so you do whatever that version is of chopping yeah. wood and just right. feel like a freaking loser. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, that one cut me deep. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> I know it's the whole thing of I mean, I don't know, this is on my wheelhouse to really try to explain this, but like, yeah, with William, you know, like trying to provide provide for his family, but yeah, they can't fucking grow crops. He can't hunt, you know, for game he can't hunt game. Uh -huh. Like when they try, he like puts his eye out almost. <laughs> you know, yeah. like just like continual continual failures of you know of this family and it's him it's himself that put them there in the first place yeah so but yeah awesome i don't have much more no me to either add. do you Jamie i'm starting no. to fade here me too i'm looking forward to but, the lighthouse though yeah, have you seen that before? I have not. No, have you? No, I have not. Oh, sweet. First time so for both sweet. of us. Yes. First timers club. <laughs> so, next episode we'll be diving into Robert Eggers' uh, second film, uh newer release. I think this will now be the newest release that we've covered in Movie Time Machine, so we don't have to go that far back at all. Yes. Is uh the lighthouse so i'm really excited none of us have or jamie and i have not seen this film so um i think it's be really cool to kind of go into both of us going into this blind and i'm really curious how we're going to come out of it so i'm really excited because i think this director has some really good chops um he's got something going on and i'm really excited to kind of see how he does um a film like in a different era, a different period. So, and I think it's, you know, it's at a little bit smaller scale too. 
if it's all within this lighthouse, but I don't know. I haven't seen it before. Me either. And I think, too, we got uh, Ralph Innocent is back in the lighthouse, and I think Mark Corbin, who did the music, did it for the lighthouse, if I'm not mistaken. So no way. Okay. We got some of Dude, our pals I'm, coming back. I'm pumped. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be good. Going to be good. All right. If you don't have anything else you want to add, Jamie, I'll close this one out. Nope. I got nothing. Sweet. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Movie Time Machine Monster Closet Special Edition, where Jamie and I focus on horror movie genre. If you want to check, continue to check us out, you can find us on Twitter. Find us at Movie Machine Pod. Um, add us. Um, let us know how you feel about this episode or any other episode. Write us. Uh, we'll read your stuff on the air. Um, yeah, read it on the air. FM, KS95. Um, yeah, we like to read what you have to say. Give us some feedback. Um, yeah, check it out. So we like to interact with y'all that are listening to uh, this podcast. So just remind you that our episodes drop every Friday on your favorite podcasting platforms. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, take care of yourselves out there. And thank you. Bye-bye.